welcome back to the Simply Marie podcast. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Alexis. And now this is our third time. <laughs> well, hopefully you're able to hear both of us loud and clear and not have to have your volume all the way up or only hear Kaylee. <laughs> We're just all we had equal. some Yeah, we had some technical difficulties in our second episode, but we're trying to fix it. I just I see it as there's always room for improvement. Exactly. And we're all on a journey together. I did want to mention before we get into this episode that I took our advice from the second episode and stepped out of my comfort zone this week. This is the third time I'm saying it, <laughs> but I complimented two girls on their lashes this week, and that's, like, not something big, but I feel like anytime I want to compliment someone, I'm always like, are they going to think I'm weird? How do I get their attention? You know what I mean? So, yeah. I just did it, and they said thanks. So, I mean, wow. And you moved on with your life, and everything was okay. The world did not end. And literally, I feel like I was almost more happier that I that I complimented them than them getting the compliment yeah you know what I mean? that's true it makes me feel good I, like, whenever i compliment smiling, someone i was like carrying my phone <laughs> <laughs> that's what i just did i did go deep so you had something exciting yes my brother he graduated uh may 20th but we just had our little like celebration for him we obeyed the 10 person uh whatever phase we're on i thought it was 25 it, yeah it might have went up like in the past couple of days but my grandparents have not left the house since March something or another. So they came and they're like, well, if we're going to come, like, we'd really like it to be small. So it's just all my mom's side of the family and my aunt flew in from Florida and I haven't seen her in two years since we were mm-hmm. in Florida Literally. with her. So yeah, I got, had a lot of family time. Got to celebrate my not so little brother. We need to go back down. That's what she said. Okay, that's an like, invite. Is that an invite? Like, I'm down. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can just hop right in. We're going to, this episode, we're going to be talking about all about personality tests, but we want to start off with the BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah. So, BuzzFeed quizzes, I feel like Kaylee is the only one that doesn't know I was like, what Buzzfeed, that is. BuzzFeed what? But they're just, like, funny personality, and I thought this would be a good, like, segue into the more realistic and scientific personality yeah. test. This one's just yeah, for so laughs gonna... and very not accurate, but it's a fun way to start. Yeah, I don't think mine is accurate either, but I kind of wanted to see what princess I was going to be. Do you want to go first? Yeah, so the Disney princess I got was Mulan. That's interesting. And what's the short thing about it? Oh my gosh. Okay. The opposite of me. That's what it is. (laughs) That's what I feel like mine is. Outgoing and vivacious. You're outgoing. What? Yeah. No. Especially when you get a little bit alcohol in you. You're going outgoing. Okay. Well. Yeah. I feel like you're a lot more outgoing than I am. I don't. I hate meeting people. Hate it. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're outgoing. Or I'm, you're not outgoing. But I'm very introverted. So am I. Okay, just keep going. Okay. We'll talk more about that with the Enneagram, because it literally says I am introverted. But anyways. Yeah. So, I'm outgoing and vivacious, apparently. I am considered the sporty one in my group. However, athletics are not the sum total of who you are as a keen interest in the world around you. But you did do sports. I mean, yeah, I guess you're the, the You're the athletic one bit. out of both of us. That's true. What I do. <laughs> I don't like running. So. <laughs> I guess the athletic isn't 
far off, but the whole vivacious and outgoing. I think just... when you're around people that you're comfortable with, you're very outgoing. Like, when you're with okay. your family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like that's really true. even me, like, you're very outgoing. I, like... I feel like you're... Once I warm up to people, I don't shut up, but, like... Yeah, and then once you're, like, around people you don't know, you kind of, like, go in your shell, but... Yeah. I feel like eventually you branch out. So, mine's Rapunzel. Oh! Which, honestly, is not my fave Disney princess, to be honest. But it says I'm witty and outgoing. (laughs) Is that the only adjective BuzzFeed knows? (laughs) Literally. You have a sense of humor that always keeps people smiling. You are constantly on the look for adventure and don't settle down easily. Which I feel like is not... I feel like I'm the type of person to settle down. Yeah. Like, literally I'm, in the last episode, you're like, I don't really ever want to live in this city. Like, I'm good settling where I am now. Like, I don't... I don't know. That's, like, complete opposite of me. I feel like I search for adventure, but I'm not, like, a super spontaneous person. Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm gonna go jump off a cliff today. Yeah, like, we plan stuff. Yeah, we are planners. Planner. With vacations, and it's like, I want... A, I want an itinerary yeah. that says what hour I'm doing what. <laughs> Literally, in in the um, Enneagram one, it says that. So, yeah, we'll get into that, that later, but we just kind of wanted to start off lighthearted. I yeah, don't know. just something, like, funny that still has to do with personality, but has absolutely no scientific <laughs> background whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about two different personality test the enneagram test and then i also really wanted to do the color test and i'm really excited to see what color you are because i was shook by the i was like ooh, it'd be cute if i was this one and then i got one that i was like oh that's lame i didn't see any of the other options i just saw the well one I, that i got i know but they're like blue purple you could have been any color i feel like oh i guess maybe i got a lame one but we'll talk about that later okay so we're just gonna get right into the enneagram test there are nine numbers so one through nine and each one is like what what would you consider it as like um the enneagram test is a system of personality typing that describes patterns and how people conceptualize the world and manage their emotions The Enneagram model describes nine different personality types, and there's, like, a common, there's, like, a name that they give each number. So, there's nine numbers, and then you have, like, all your different wings, Mm -hmm. because basically all Enneagram numbers, like, you have a little bit of all of them in you, but it's just, like, whatever one is the most present, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so each number has a title, and there's nine numbers. Number one is the reformer. Number two is the helper, three is the motivator, four is the artist, five is the thinker, six is the loyalist, seven is the generalist, eight is the leader, and nine is the peacemaker. The Enneagram is just a scientific personality test. You answer a bunch of questions. There's more in-depth ones uh, that you pay for, but we just took some- free ones. Yeah, the free ones, ones we can afford. Yeah. Um, that it's about a 10-minute test, and it's really interesting because these tests are actually used in a lot of um, social work settings and, like, with family counseling and stuff because you can just really see – it's, like, known for showing what you do when you're in, like, the best state of mind, what you do when you're in your worst state of mind, and then, like, there's a lot of research on how they interact with one another and, like, your wings and all that. Each type has a core fear, a core desire or, like, longing for, a weakness, a strength, 
And then, like I said, the best self and worst self. So, mm-hmm. do you want to start by saying what type you are? Yeah, I'm number six, the loyalist. And I'm a type nine, which is the peacemaker, and I like to kind of rename it myself and call it the shapeshifter. A six is motivated by the need to find or create security, is warm, playful, open, loyal, supportive, honest, fair, and reliable in relationships, is a cooperative and reliable team member willing to do whatever it takes to support loved ones, knows how to combine holding on to sound traditions with the readiness to take new paths. Always on the lookout for any danger, true, that makes that may be lurking around the corner, longs for certainty, and often looks to a book leader or institution with reliable answers. But I do agree that I'm always on the lookout for danger. We've talked about this before. Like, in the car, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but like, I'm freaking, I feel like I'm going to get in a crash every time I get in the car. So I'm like, always on the lookout. Like, yeah. even when I'm out in public, I'm like, always like, watching my back. I don't know. Maybe just because I'm female. Type 9, so the peacemaker, um, are known for being patient, open-minded, and generous. Nines are receptive to their environment and downplay their own presence. They strive to have harmony and move forward to their own calling. Nines are accepting and trusting. They are creative, no, supportive, and an advocate for harmony. Nines are able to determine how to make things go smoothly and without conflict. They are the most understanding type of the Enneagram. And I think, like, the biggest things I would take away from that is the downplaying their own presence and avoiding conflict, which I find really interesting that our episode last week was all about, like, owning your presence and feeling like you belong. And then, literally, my personality is the exact opposite. It's, like, that's why I've had to work so hard to be able to be confident in any room and whatever because I'm so just pretend like I'm not here it's fine I won't make a peep like mm-hmm. my core desire is to have security guidance and support which I feel like is very accurate so a peacemaker a nine's core desire is to have inner stability and peace of mind to know that their presence matters so do you have any like examples or can you see how, like, any of your goals in life have played into that core desire? Like, yeah, when I read this, the security one, I think, I think now I'm, like, kind of changing the way I look at things because I basically went to school for accounting because of the income. Like, I wanted to be secure yeah, in my finances. Yeah, it's safe. You'll definitely yes. find a job. You'll so, have a living. I've I've always taken, like, not the easy way out, but the road that I know would get me to where I wanted, but wouldn't necessarily make me happy. And now I'm kind of, like, changing that. You know what I mean? Like, I still like security. Like, I'm still doing it. I'm still going to school. I still have, like, my job. But if I can do it in a different way, why am I not? I would say for mine, I see it play out a lot when I'm, like, setting goals and stuff. I think a lot of the goals I set, they're not usually outlandish goals. Like, it's not like I want to make a thousand dollars. Like, a more realistic goal for me would be I want to say something nice to myself today. Like, it's, or I want to make someone else happy today. Mm -hmm. Like, it's more internal and not physical. My core fear as a six is fear itself, Mm -hmm. danger, being without support or guidance, being alone, blamed, targeted, or physically abandoned. 
so a nine's core fear is being in conflict, loveless, separate, uncomfortable, unimportant, overlooked, shut out. Some other characteristics about our Enneagram types and how we see it play out in our lives because obviously like no personality test is going to be exactly 100% accurate, especially like when we have all personality types essentially bound up in us. This one it just might be the most predominant. So I have a book here called The Road Back to You and it's just all it was a book literally written all about the Enneagrams and it's all over Pinterest too that's where I originally found it before I got the book and I'm just gonna list off some of the characteristics that I think I have like really like I really related to and then maybe a few examples of how this has helped me how it's hurt me how it plays out frequently and all that um so all of these are written in first person because it was kind of like quotes of what this Enneagram type would say like about themselves or kind of like affirmations and that stuff. So I'll do almost anything to avoid conflict and go along with what others want to do or how others want me to be. And so this is why I call my type the shapeshifter because depending on who I'm with, kind of like how we talked in the beginning, it's like I can be very, very outgoing, Mm -hmm. but I can also be in my shell. And I go along with what other people, like, not necessarily with, like, views and opinions, but with plans. Like, I'm never the one making the plans. I'm the one, like, I'll go along with most everything, but I will not, like, start it, I guess. I'm not... One thing about a nine is they aren't self-starters. So in our first episode, we talked about our dream job and you were like, I'd want to start my own business. And I was like, ha, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. I need a boss. So I'm, I'm productive and I do things, but I don't like starting things. I don't like being the one to initiate things. I'd much rather someone pave the path and me walk behind them kind of thing yeah so I kind of talked about this one before but it's like I I keep seeing this a lot with the number six it's I'm always imagining and planning for the worst which I think I do that and I think (laughs) do-do I think I do-do that um and I don't think I ever really realized that I did that until recently So I think that's something that I need to work on as I continue because even with just like everyday activity, like I said, like being in the car, I'm like, like what happens if I get in a crash and I don't make it? I've said this before. Anytime I go on a vacation and we're driving, I always think we're not going to make it. I don't know. Is that weird? I feel like, okay, so with Enneagrams, there's a way that you are when you're healthy and there's a way that you are when you're at your worst so like at your best and your worst and I I mean I don't have your number in front of me but I feel like like that's almost when you're at your worst is when you're because it's one thing to be aware of what could go wrong and plan for all the what-ifs like that's that's reasonable but if you're constantly thinking that the worst is gonna ha- I don't know so does that mean I've been at my worst my whole life <laughs> no I just think well I mean if I have it's only up from here because <laughs> <So. laughs> I don't think it has to mean you're constantly does it say 
constantly looking for the I'm worst. I'm always imagining and planning for the worst. I feel like it is good to plan. Like, plan for the worst, yeah. Like, to, like if there's a zombie of, apocalypse, you have a suitcase Yeah, to not always, like, think of the most extravagant best thing because you don't want to be let down. I feel like I'm the type of person that I don't want to be let down. Like, I'll, I hope that this will happen, but if this happens and, like, it doesn't work out as I thought, then... Like, I'm preparing myself for that, so I'm not, like, getting let down. But there's also the things where I'm just, I think I'm going to die today. It's just, like, freaks Well, this isn't good. <laughs> freaks me out, but I still get in my car and zoom, zoom to wherever <laughs> I want to go, so. Yeah, it doesn't me stop you. You're just, well, do you have a plan? What so if you what? get in a car accident? Do you have a plan of what you would do? I've been in a couple, and no. I'm, like, shaking up every single time. <laughs> well, that's literally the, not, okay, whatever. <laughs> Okay, so the next one that I really related to was sometimes I tune out and think of the past. It's kind of like in conversations, like I'll be listening, but if you say something that triggers like a memory or a Mm -hmm. thought, I'll just be pretending to listen to you and I'm like fully engaged in whatever memory I'm being like reminded of. And I definitely don't do it on purpose, but I have noticed that it happens quite a lot. Like, I eat dinner with my family almost every night and they'll say something and like I, I swear I could not tell you half the conversations we have because I'm just like tuning out thinking of what happened earlier the, even if it's just earlier that day mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to be like when I was three but I don't know I'm just like I'm constantly in my own head just thinking of the past or which is funny because oh, we're like, like the, the opposite like I, I you like think, I of, think of like the, the what future. is I think of like oh like the future like I never really think of the past, really. I'm kind of a mixture of both. Like, I'm thinking of the what ifs, but I'm basing all of my what ifs on what has happened. I guess I kind of do the same. I might be scared to do something or go on a vacation because of, oh, what happened in the past. Like, I just, like, I'm scared it's going to recreate and happen again. It's happened once, it'll happen again. Mm -hmm. I don't really, like, come up with some big, dramatic, like, dream of something completely outlandish it's all based on like what's happened to me in the past okay it says most of my friends don't have as much anxiety as i do i'm okay this is gonna be sound really naive and kind of like assholey but when in middle school when people would be like oh i have anxiety i'm like why are you just trying to get attention like i didn't feel as if i had anxiety i didn't understand it i just felt like it was like this false thing that you're putting into your own head like you're worrying yourself like you can control it But now that I'm, like, understanding what it actually is, I feel like I have a lot of anxiety on a daily basis, but it almost, it doesn't, like, control my life, but I'm still, like, feeling it. Yeah, because anxiety is the fear of being scared. Like, that's the definition of anxiety. So, it's not necessarily that you're scared of a certain thing. You're scared of being scared in that thing. So, you might not be scared of a car crash, Mm -hmm. but you're scared of how you're going to feel after if that happens so I personally like you know I've struggled with anxiety on medication all that fun stuff um and I do think it is a term that's like like literally if someone's scared of something Mm -hmm. they just are like oh I have anxiety about that it's like no anxiety is an irrational fear Mm -hmm. of fear like it's not just oh I, I have anxiety about going bungee jumping well, yeah, that's pro- uh, that could kill you. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you probably are scared. But if you're 
scared that you're going to be put in a situation where you're going to have to bungee jump and you're scared of what it'll feel like to have to do that. Like, that is anxiety. It's like... Like, you're overanalyzing. You're overthinking yes. things way too much. I feel like I do that a lot. And I think I do that because I feel like when I'm getting put in a situation that I've almost seen before and it's ended badly, I'm just waiting for that bad thing to happen again. Like you said, like, if you had a bad experience... You use it to you're basically base the rest of your experiences off of yeah I have let a lot of my anxiety like stop me in the past because maybe I have felt nervous in social situations or like I don't always like meeting new people and so maybe that made me nervous in the past so then when I'm put in a position where I might have to meet someone it's like I'm scared of that feeling of being scared that I felt in the past so I don't like that's why I was, like, so shocked when I said I'm outgoing. It's like, no, 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 I hate meeting new people. I hate putting myself in new experiences. And that's one thing I've had to work on so much is no anxiety is, like, that irrational fear. I'm gonna be okay. Like, yeah. I might feel nervous, but that's not gonna kill me. I guess going off of that, I don't enjoy big social gatherings as much as a quiet evening at home with the ones I love. That's for me 100% too. Oh, yes. I... You want to invite me to a party with 200 people, 1% chance I'm going to show up. You invite me to come over and drink a glass of wine with your family and play board games, I'll I'll be there. Like, hit me up with the time and place. Nowadays, like, with our generation, it's almost rare that people don't want to go out. Like, I feel like that's why we've been friends for so long, because we don't need to be out booty popping on the dance floor <laughs> booty to, to make us feel good about ourselves yeah. or to make us feel content with our life. Like, just the other day, what did we do? We went out, drank some wine, went in the basement, listened to some music, went out to the hot tub, talked yeah. about aliens, came in. <laughs> you know, usual stuff. Screwed with the computer because we don't know how to use computers, apparently, and that's fine. Like, I almost feel more fulfilled doing that than if I were to go to a party because it would give me, I I hate being around groups of people like, yeah. like you, so. No, I'm definitely the same way and I sometimes almost feel invalidated in that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm the odd one out because no one's putting on their Instagram or their Snapchat stories them sitting by themselves just hanging out with their fam. Like, I mean, some people do, don't get me wrong, but the majority is when you're when these people are in big groups or they're so drunk or they're at this party like that's what you see on social media and stuff and you don't see like oh I was just hanging out with like we don't I mean we did that one night but like every time we're together we aren't necessarily posting it yeah because we're just hanging out we're just chilling by ourselves and like so sometimes I feel invalidated that I'm not going to these big parties and stuff. It's like, oh, am I weird for not wanting to go? Am I weird for not yeah. trying to be invited when it's like... Which is weird because if you were to go out, you would feel worse than if you were to stay home. Yeah. So but it's like I'm literally like trying you, to like... Oh, you almost want to like let people... Pers- fit in. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to fit in with everyone else, but not everyone's the same. Like we said, we're both... I'm an introvert 100%. Total same. I have to know people for a long time before I can really trust them. I feel like that is true, especially with my friends. Like, you're really the only friend that I've actually had. Yeah. Like, can, like, have been close to forever. And since, what, sixth grade? Yeah. Ten years. And we, in high school, we always had, like, more people over. Like, it was never really just us two. We, it, like, me and you were a group. 
Yeah. And then, like, we were our own little group, a, a duo, and then we'd have more people come over, but it, it wouldn't be different when we were hanging out with them, but I, like, I don't know, like, I have a really hard tr- time trusting people. Like, not with just, like, little everyday things, but, like, I don't know. People are fake, and I've learned that the hard way, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it from past experiences, and that's kind of just closed me off. Yeah. But... I feel like that's 100% true, and you can see that through my friend history. Like, I've had a lot of friends, I've had a lot of acquaintances, but I've only, I only consider three people right now to be my friends. So, would you say, like, and if this is completely wrong, tell me, but, like, it takes you a long time to trust someone, like, I get that, but then once you do trust someone, do you trust them with a lot, or is it still, like... I feel like it... I don't think I'm going to, like, if I say, oh, like, you seem like a trustworthy person. I've known you for six to eight months. Now I'm going to tell you my deepest, darkest secret. I, f- I feel like gradually I'll, fi- like, find, like, what the relationship is like almost. Like, what do I want to share with you? What do I not want to share with like, you? Like, what it can just, I trust you Yeah, with it just kind of depends on the person. Okay. Would you consider yourself to be a trust? Like, I don't know if this is part of type six or not, mm-hmm. but is it, like, people find you trustworthy like do you feel like you're a trustworthy person like people come to you with your secrets yeah i think since i'm like the loyalist that almost has trustworthy in it because like i'm loyal to you like i'm not gonna go out and tell everyone what you just told me being a good listener and a good advice giver has anything to do with being a loyalist but i just think with those qualities that i feel like i have people almost feel like because i'm not gonna judge you if you tell me like that's another thing that you and I, we can both step in other people's shoes and see it from their point of view. So I'm oh, not yeah. going to, like, judge you on what you're telling me. I'll give you my advice, and you don't have to take it You, if you don't want to. I'm just giving you my thoughts and opinions. And I think that since I have those traits, that kind of makes me more of a trustworthy type of person just because, like, a bunch of traits together yeah. make me a loyal person. Okay, this one I see play out in my life a lot, especially when I was younger. So, it's, I'm often quietly stubborn when people put demands on me. So, you do that today. What? You do that in this today's life. The other day I came over and you were, your mom told you to do something. You were like, oh, I was going to do that. But now she she just told me I don't want to do it. I'm like, wait, what kind of logic is that? I was like, what was okay. it about? I don't, something about, she told you to do something. And when she walked out of the room, you're like, I was going to do it, but I ain't going to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but now I don't want to. That's literally me. And so another way, like I worded it from the quote was like, in, I enjoy serving others, but not if I'm expected or demanded to. So like, I do the dishes for my family all the time. Okay. I was doing them for every single day for weeks Mm -hmm. since quarantine started. And then it almost became like an expectation that I was gonna do it. I got an example. So then, oh gosh. So then like I didn't do it for like three days because I was babysitting all day and my dad like brought it up. He was like, well now I have to do all the dishes and he's like, you're not even going to help anymore. And I'm like, hell no, not now that you've said it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what. It's it's pretty twisted, honestly. Yeah, it's backwards. But if someone asks me to do something, I'm going to say, like, it makes me want to say no. Yeah. If you hint, like, if you say, like, you need something done, I might, like, want to help. Or if you ask me for help, it's one thing. But, like, if it's just an expectation, 
For my example, I remember this very vividly. Oh, God. Which you probably don't even remember this. Probably And not. it's not even a negative thing, really, because I can be lazy. But, <laughs> so I used to literally live here, basically. In high school, I'd stay, I'd get here Friday and I wouldn't leave until Sunday night. At like nine o'clock till the latest yeah. I actually had. Sometimes to. we just go to school together. <laughs> Literally, in the main, like I'd always say, like, "Ooh, I can't wait for breakfast." Like before we go to bed, just because breakfast is bomb here. I don't know what it is. And Alexis is a really good cook, and I remember you used to always make me stuffed French toast. And you just go out there and you'd be like, "What do you want, stuffed French toast?" And you go out there and make it for me. And then one day I went out there and you were like standing in the kitchen. I just sat at the bar, like at the counter. <laughs> Looking at my phone. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I just had a story. I was sitting at the bar and you like looked at me and you were like, what you, like, you were like, what the fuck, bitch? You're just gonna sit there and watch me? So like, I feel like you almost thought that just because I was sitting there, I was expecting you to make me breakfast and you made, she literally taught me that morning. And then after that, I had to make my breakfast every single day. <laughs> God damn, I fucked up. I know, I should have stayed in the room. <laughs> I know, dude, and that's, like, because I'm a nanny, and so that's kind of how I am with the kids, too. Like, if I want to surprise them with something, I'm, like, okay, perfect example. So, the other day, it was the youngest's birthday, so he was turning four, and um, I was there on, his birthday was on Friday, so I was there on Thursday, and I had forgotten his present, okay? I had left it at home, and so when I got to his house, um... I didn't, like, say anything, but when I was leaving, I was like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. I forgot your present at home, but I hope you have the best birthday tomorrow and, like, I'll bring it on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, I brought his present on Monday, and when I walked in the door, he's like, can I have my present? Did you bring my present? And I literally wanted to walk out and like, put it back in my car and say, oh, no, sorry, I forgot it. Like, I don't know why. It's just, like, or I made them milkshakes for fun one day, and then the next day I was there, they're like, will you make me a milkshake? I'm like, No. <laughs> get up there and do your damn self like, who am I I ain't your nanny <laughs> your mama ain't paying me nothing no I just I'll do it when it's out of the kindness of my heart and my own idea but the second someone puts pressure on me to do it mm-hmm. zero chance okay so this isn't necessarily in the first person but it says tell me the entire plan for the day and I feel like we're both like this I am a very I need to know what my day's gonna consist of I'm, I can be, like, a spontaneous... I wonder if we're gonna read the same thing. Sorry, go on. Oh, I can be a very, like... I can be spontaneous, but it has to, it has to be a certain type of, like, spontaneous. I can't get just up and go to Florida. Like, I, like, I need to know what the plan is. I yeah. need to plan ahead. Like, I need to make sure I have all my ducks in a row. It says, I find routines at work and home comforting. And I feel unsettled when something throws them off. Like, as a nine, I thrive on routine. And it's not that, like, everything has to be planned necessarily. One example I would give is, like, with my workouts, it's like, okay, I know that on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing weights. And Tuesday, Thursday, I'm doing something and cardio. And it's like, if something happens on Wednesday and I'm not able to do that, it's, like, it throws me off. It's, like, I don't like this. Or just if anything, like, throws off my routine, if I have to stay, if someone, like, if one of the families I nanny for asks me to come an hour earlier or stay an hour later, 
I I can do that, but I get so, like, frazzled by it. Like, it just makes me so uneasy. Mm-hmm. And that's when I start to think of the what ifs of, like, but then I can't do what I normally do at this time. Then I, the, the, what if, what if the, and it's just, it spirals. Yeah. And so I'm very much. Which is kind of weird because I've never had a routine. I feel like I'm like that as well, but can't be spontaneous, but I've never had a routine. Like, I like to know what's going on in the day, but you know damn well I've never had a routine. I've always been all over the place. Yeah, I just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Okay, so something I find interesting about the nine is that when I'm with someone else, so when I'm hanging out with you or any of my other friends, whatever, and I like them to be the planner. I like to follow their lead. And so obviously that doesn't follow a routine because I'm just doing whatever they want to do. But when I'm by myself, and, like, I think this is sometimes why I don't hang out with people, like, every single day, is because when I'm by myself, like, I need to have that routine because I'm being, like, held responsible for myself. I can't just rely on someone else to tell me what to do, when to do it, and where to go. Like, I have to rely on myself, so that's why I have just, like, such a consistent routine because since I have no one, I have no one to blame but myself. So if I just do the same thing every day, like, I know it works, mm-hmm. I know I'll live, and I, I'll know I'll get it done, so that's why I, like, don't like changing it up, because I don't want something to go wrong or not get something done, and it's like, well, I only have me to blame. So another really interesting thing about the Enneagram types and the things, or what comes along with your results, is they're known for how the certain type is at their best and at their worst. So what it means by best and worst is when you're in a happy, healthy, positive mental state and when you are in a negative mindset or an unmotivated mindset. How about you start with what your type is at the worst? Okay, so at the worst, I'm hypervigilant, dependent, unpredictable, judgmental, paranoid, rigid, self-defining, self-doubting, cautious, and indecisive. Wow, that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. (laughs) Well, that's when you're at, like, a negative mindset. Yeah. As a child, I was very independent, but as I've gotten older and I've been in, like, I've been in relationships, honestly, since sophomore year. Like, I, we've, I've had relationships that have ended, but I've only been, like, by myself for a couple months, like, at least, like, and that, I feel like that's not enough for me to really, like, get for my yourself, independence yeah. back. I, I have become, like, a very dependent person on my significant other as I've gotten older. So, that's something that I need to really work on. I need to become back to how I was when I was a child, which is independent. I honestly feel like I am very predictable. One thing about the qualities that it lists when you're at your worst is it's also warning signs that you are in an unhealthy mindset. So, maybe if you were to do something a little out of character, like, if you might not think it's unpredictable because you had premeditated it, whatever, and you had thought about it, but it seemed out of character for you to do in my perspective of you, that could be a warning sign that, oh, she's not in her best mindset right now. So, it can be stuff like, because in the book, it talks about how the author didn't realize that they were necessarily in this like it's not like they were depressed or super sad all the time um but they were showing these warning signs that their significant other was able to pick up on and that sparked a conversation of like hey like 
how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Like, is something going on? And it wasn't necessarily that they were just, like, negative all the time, but something was going on at work that was making them kind of act in that more, um, their worst set, I guess. For the peacemaker, at my worst, I'm spaced out, forgetful, stubborn, resigned, self-forgetting, passive-aggressive, and unassertive. You're definitely passive-aggressive. I am. Especially with your family. (laughs) I'm like... Did she really just say that? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Because when I'm any type of bad mood, if anything pisses me off, I get very passive-aggressive. And it won't even, like, if it's just if you're in my line of fire. So, one example was last night. I was riding the Peloton and it was at 9.45 at night. I never work out past 6 o'clock. Like, that is just not a thing I do. Mm -hmm. But I took a nap and so I ended up having to, like, work out really late. And the Wi-Fi kept going off, and so it wouldn't work. And I was so tired, so I was cranky. I didn't even, like, really want to be working out, but I was just trying to, like, at least do something. And so I kept – I don't know if you know anything about, like, any type of cycling shoes, but they have these big metal clips at the bottom. Okay. And it's on, like, where your toes are. So it's, like, the opposite of a heel. And it's – but it sounds like heel when you're walking. And it's just, like, these metal clips. And we have hard hard wood in our kitchen. And I was so pissed off that the Wi-Fi wasn't working. I come stomping up the stairs. Clank, 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 clank on the wood floor. And I was like, you can't wear those up here. And I was like, well, I already am. And I walked away. (laughs) And it's like, she had no, she didn't make the Wi-Fi turn off. And I, I just, I hate confrontation, but I will be the most passive aggressive. Like, if you say Which something. Which almost creates confrontation. Uh, yeah, that's, oh, I forgot where I read it at. But yeah, it said something about how sometimes, like, one of the biggest problems with being a nine is that you avoid conflict so much that it can create conflict. So it's like, I'll be so unconfrontational and, like, passive aggressive that it'll cre- end up creating need for confrontation yeah so the loyalist at their best is i am loyal the most loyal of all the types oh likable prepared trustworthy compassionate stable practical supportive and responsible i knew i I was a six before we decided to do this podcast but i didn't really like look into it too much and before that i always knew that like one of my best qualities about myself is how loyal I am, and I'm loyal to a fault sometimes, so it's good and it's bad. Yeah. But, um, I feel like I, I don't necessarily know if I'm likable, because I'm not someone else, like, liking me, but I feel like I am very trustworthy. Like, if I say something, I usually stick to my word. I feel yeah. like I'm a very reliable person. Well, and I've never had to feel like, oh, if I tell Kaylee this, someone else is gonna find yeah. out. If you tell me not to tell someone, I'm not gonna... I'm not the person to run over and yeah. I need to share it with someone, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and I feel like I'm a very supportive person. May, I may not always agree with what you're doing, but I'm never going to, like, shut you out if I don't agree with what you're doing because it's your life. I'll, like I said before, I'll give you my opinion, but you don't necessarily need to take it. And I think that's why we have been able to stay friends for so long because we're, like, that's also a trait of the nines is like since they are able to see both sides and everything it's like if you have differing opinions in me it doesn't mean that I'm just Mm -hmm. gonna cut you off and 
I feel like us being like those empathetic and just like seeing each side of every situation, I might not react the same way as you. I might not encourage you to do the same thing, but I'm never gonna hold it over you, like make it a an ultimatum. I'm never gonna make it an ultimatum that like, well, if you do that, I'm not gonna be your friend anymore mm-hmm. or make you feel like shit for a choice that you make. Yeah. It's like, we can talk it out. I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. But I'm not going to make you feel like less of a person or invalidated because of it. Yeah. The peacemaker at their best. They are pleasant, peaceful, generous, accepting, diplomatic, open-minded, empathetic, and caring. And honestly, with like just those qualities and the definition of the peacemaker in general, it's like that nurturing, caring kind of thing unless I'm asked to do it then it's a different story but um but I think that's why I'm able or that's why like I want to be a teacher and that's why I'm a nanny right now is because I want to like care for someone I need to be caring for someone I need to be doing things for literally anyone but myself which also can be a fault of mine sometimes it's because I'm like so neglectful of myself Mm -hmm. but I will make sure the needs of everyone else are met as long as they don't expect it. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing we're going to talk about is, um, it's from, it's from Drop Cap Design, and it's a blog that talks all about each Enneagram types, and they give a lot of examples of all types of things that we've already talked about, like the best, worst, all of that. But what we found interesting was the section on stress, so how they react at their worst, but also it includes a section on how to counteract counteract stress for your specific type one of the ones for mine is be aware of your anxiety without being ruled by it which we kind of talked about that earlier as i gotten older i kind of realized that i do have anxiety but i it's almost internally i don't let that affect what i do on a daily basis i mean i definitely think that we've talked about this before but like you notice those thoughts yeah but then you don't let them take power like Mm -hmm. You acknowledge them and move on. Yeah. Uh, the first one for mine is notice that you tend to go along with others without expressing your own thoughts and desires. It is impossible to love others when you don't let them see the real you. Which I thought, I don't know, it's just an interesting perspective to look at it. Because you always hear you can't love someone if you don't love yourself. But this is almost you can't love someone or someone can't love you if you're not even standing up for yourself if you're just if you're doing constantly what you think they want to see or want you to do then they're not really gonna like love you and you're not really gonna love them because you're not able to truly be yourself one of mine is your fears tell you more about your attitude towards yourself than your attitude towards others That's interesting because I always feel like I base my fears off of things that have happened to me in the past that have been done by others. So an example is sometimes like if I'm anxious or nervous about something, I almost feel like it's because I can't control the situation. I guess an example could be, do you ever not trust someone? Like, okay, 
if you are, if it's hard for you to trust other people, that could be a self-reflection that you're not completely secure with the choices that you're making. That's, yeah, I definitely, yeah, what? I need to work on my own self. What am I doing? (laughs) My next one is do the work to deal with your negative emotions. When you avoid your anger and sadness, you just leave room for it to grow between you and your relationships. Get it out into the open. Lord have mercy, this is the most integral part of my life. And, like, I talk to my mom about this all the time because it's, like, someone does something that will upset me, but I refuse to admit that I'm upset or I'll just be like, oh, I'm, I'm acting crazy. Like, I won't give it any validation. Then I just, like, let things build up and build up and build up for so long that then one little thing happens that wouldn't normally be that big of a deal. But since I've been holding in these emotions and feelings for so long, I, I, I explode. It's just, like, a bunch of little things add up and it just creates a huge problem. And yeah. it's not just in my relationships, though. It's also in my every day-to-day life. Like, if I'm stressed out about school... And then something happens at work and then my brother makes me mad and then, I don't know, something else little happens and then I drop my pen. Okay, I will cry at my pen dropping. Am I crying because just because my pen dropped? No. I'm crying because all these other things that went wrong that day that I hadn't like validated and dealt with I just put them away that also just kind of correlates with one of the other ones it says is like regular movement and vocally exercising is important um to be like aware of these feelings and to like deal with them so it's like be active and we talked about this in I think our first episode is like I have to be I have to move when I'm mad when something happens I need to move Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of saying like move and then also like voice it put it out into the open so even if you don't say it to that direct person just like saying it out loud will validate it enough that it won't be swandering in your mind yeah my last one is observe moments when you overreact realize that you may be worried about something that hasn't happened yet and may never happen which we've talked about i feel like this is like, if I've said this a lot, that I do, like, just because something happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to repeat itself, but yeah. in my brain, I'm basically telling myself and preparing myself for when it does rehappen, even though I don't even know if it's gonna. <laughs> preparing for the worst that has already happened, basically. Yeah. I wonder if any of that has to do with, like, doubting how you dealt with the situation. If you ever, in the back of your mind, think, oh, I could have handled that better, and so that when it has the chance of happening again, you're scared because you're like, well, did I even deal with it right the first way? So kind of going off with how to counteract stress and how to deal with stress for our specific types. Another thing we found interesting was like self-care and how our types like to take care of ourselves, kind of like relax. Like when you think of like a self-care day, it mm-hmm. is definitely different for everyone And so these are just some, like, general things that our types are, like, almost known for or, like, make us the most calm. So how this is in front of us is it's a pie graph that we found on Pinterest as well. And 
all of the different sections like it's like a normal pie graph so the biggest section is what is most fulfilling um in a typical type so we're gonna read the top three so the biggest percentages on the diagram and then the smallest one the one that we don't relate to as much my biggest three are hospitality coffee dates and our regular yoga practice which is interesting because i've done yoga is kind of like meditation almost i feel like yeah i've done a meditation just like the calm app i used it one day because i i was just feeling stressed and i wanted to relax before i took a nap and let me just tell you i fell asleep to the <laughs> noises and it was the best sleep i had ever gotten i fully stay especially the calm app but i fully stand by meditation in general like i slept for an hour and i felt like i got like eight or nine hours of sleep well because those subliminal messages like i know we're, we want to make an episode also talking about law of attraction and one of the most important things in law of attraction is those subliminal messages so it's like i mean yeah you might not be actively listening to what they're saying but it's still going on in your subconscious which is like making you relax another thing that i wanted to mention is that the second largest one is coffee dates and when we were doing the princess one it was like what's your ideal date and coffee date was one of the answers and that's the one i picked really yeah no, it wasn't your ideal date. It was, like, what would you do for a first date? Oh, yeah. Same I thing. I press bars. <laughs> oh, my I've God. never even been to a bar like that. That's probably okay. why you got the freaking princess that you didn't want. <laughs> that, you, that you didn't want. That you were, like, how am I this? Well, because I feel like that would be the most ideal first date. Not, I, okay, not ideal, but, like, that's what I, like, out of those options, that's probably what I would want to well, do. Meeting it. someone for the first time, give me a fucking drink and in a public place. Really? I, yeah, I just feel like it's I like... I feel like if I'm getting drunk, I'm acting... I'm probably going to make myself look stupid. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't want to get drunk. But have you one don't drink. Even like being in crowds of people, so you want to go hang out with a guy for the first time at a bar with a crowd... In a crowd of people? No, 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 no. When I'm... When I'm thinking of a... Like, like getting a drink with someone. Like sitting I'm not, at a table? Like, or the bar top. Okay, yeah. But I'm not but thinking not, like, like... on the dance floor. I'm not thinking Corby's and going freaking... Or New Finland's and getting crunk yeah. like okay sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry. just like <laughs> i just like for me i just feel like i need to be in a calm environment for you to see who i truly am what are your top three okay um sleep fresh air and routines and that sums you up in three things which okay fresh air for sure anytime like that's why like i sleep with my window open because i want to wake up to that cold breeze and birds mm-hmm. chirping and whenever i'm in like a sleepy mood like today i just wanted to nap like i could not wake up it wasn't even that i was in a bad mood i was just tired and like unmotivated yeah and i literally went out to get the mail and just like being in that fresh air and like mm-hmm moving my legs a little bit it just like woke me up and made me feel so refreshed the one thing though is i don't sleep much i get like five hours in a night i only nap like a couple times a month like it's not a regular thing quarantine it's definitely been more regular you want to hear what i do i get online at eight (laughs) o'clock do work till 12 nap on my lunch from 12 to 1 wake up work from 1 to 4 nap again no well sometimes Okay, I take naps when I don't drink enough water. So, like, when I'm babysitting, 
mm-hmm. and I only drink like one water bottle the entire time, I come home and sleep until dinner because I'm like exhausted. But if I like keep up, yeah. then I'm like energized and ready to go. I guess in a self-care way, days that I really want to like treat myself or just like enjoy my time, like I will look forward to sleeping more or like mm-hmm. sleeping in. So I guess I can see how it can be self-care. It's not usual, but it's something I do like to take advantage of when I can. So. Yeah. Okay. My smallest self-care activity on my pie chart is wine, which is interesting. I feel like I drink wine, not like a lot, but like we just drank a little bit of wine the other day, but I am not an alcohol person, so that's very... I feel like I just got to find what I like. Yeah. My smallest one is cozy Saturday mornings, which is, like, super random. That sounds enjoyable to me. I think, and I have no idea if this is every nine, so, like, don't come at me for overgeneralizing, but for me, very personally, I really relate to this because I... I don't like being, like, just lying around on Saturday mornings. That's what Sundays are for in my mind. Like, those are the days that I just lay around or, like, I sleep in. But Saturdays, it's, like, that's a full day that I don't have to work. I normally don't have schoolwork, so I just, like, want to get up, start my day, and, like, take advantage of the whole day. So I don't like that they use the word cozy Saturday morning because, like, I always want to be cozy but I guess I would, like, change that word to, like, a slow Saturday morning. Yeah. Like, it's always nice for me to, like, have a slow day, but I wouldn't say it, like, re-energizes me. It almost... Yeah, when I think of, like, co- I think, like, staying in bed all day, and that's not you. No. <laughs> no. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up at 6 o'clock, and I get out of bed and start the day. And you're in bed till 4, <laughs> doing work. I mean, yeah, at least you're doing something, but... Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I need to start sitting up. That's what I, I sit on my my countertop out there. So next we're going to talk about how to treat our certain types. So I'm a type six and it says to be clear about your expectations. Do reassure me that we are okay. Do be supportive. Don't overreact when I do, which that's kind of like, I can do it, but you can't do it. (laughs) What? That's a little bit confusing. Don't change plans unexpectedly. Yes, I, if I have my mindset on something that we're going to do that and then it gets changed, I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do. And then it says, don't let me down. Which is like, if I'm not, if I'm a loyal person and I'm not letting you down, why, like, why am I not letting you down and you're over here letting me down? Why does it say type six is the doubter? Why am I number so negative? <laughs> you just don't trust bitches. I don't. So how to get along with me, type nine edition. Uh, the one that I think I related to the most is, or okay, I'll read the two that I related to the most. So the two that I thought would help me in like a relationship, friendship, whatever the most um, would be for the like the other person to know that I am often unclear with what I want or need. Please help me discover my real desires by asking me questions. This may take a long time, so please be patient with me. I'm not trying to be difficult or stubborn. I simply do not know my desires. So, like, I literally, like, I know myself. I don't always know exactly what I want. I know I want to make other people happy. Mm -hmm. I know I want to go along with others, but I don't know, like, if every other person in this world didn't exist and I had to make every decision for myself, I honestly, I don't know what would fulfill me kind of thing and then the other one is I do not like confrontation 
So please work with me to find common ground. If we are in a conflict, please speak to me in a gentle and kind way. And I really like this one because I do my best to avoid conflict and like not just to avoid getting in trouble or getting in a fight by like denying things or lying. Like I literally just try to do what would make like what I think would make someone happy. So if it ends up resulting in a confrontation or conflict that like really throws me off because it's like I tried so hard or I mean usually like I worked to try to make you happy and it backfired or it didn't go as planned. So like yelling at me is not the way to go. No, because I'm just like, I I was trying, like, I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry. Like I just get confused and then and I feel that's like, when I shut down. Yeah, like, that's what I do as well. If you're screaming at me and you're, like, not letting me, like, express my... If you're, like, putting all the blame on me, I'm gonna walk away and not talk to you. Yeah. Like, I... Because I don't like the conflict and I... I don't know what I necessarily want. Mm-hmm. So, when you're screaming at me that I did this or I purposely, like, made you feel this way, it's like... Uh, that's was not the goal and so I don't even know what I want so sometimes when people like blame things or like assume things of me I automatically think like oh they must be right yeah so if you're yelling things at me or calling me names or whatever I'm gonna take that as truth I'm gonna take that as fact and that obviously doesn't make me feel good so I'm just gonna retreat I don't want to say I don't work through fights and conflict but a lot of the time it's like I'm not gonna put up with it like I'm I would never be the type to like fight every day or every week it's like I yeah it's straining oh gosh yeah and that's not healthy so we thought it would be fun to end the Enneagram section of the podcast with one yep with one famous person that has the same Enneagram type as us so Kaylee my celebrity that's a six is Ellen DeGeneres that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got no comment. Yeah, I have no comment about mine either. My famous person is Barack Obama. The last little test that we did was the color personality test, and I was kind of, I'm kind of disappointed in my color just because it's kind of lame, but it's really true to who I am. I'm a white. Oh. I didn't think, I wasn't thinking, I was like, pink! That'd I was really hoping for pink. I, know. I was like, what answers could I give to make myself pink? Girl, what? <laughs> no, I didn't, I promise I answered them truthfully, but that was definitely my first thought. What is like, your color? My color is blue. I don't know, I just feel like white is, I'm interested to like hear about it because I feel like, do you it just sounds read? really bland. Do you, wow, thank you. Well, white is literally the absence of color. So, about the white. Whites need their alone time and refuse to be controlled by others. Whites (laughs) want to do things their own way and in their own time. They ask little of others and resent others demanding much of them. That's you. Um, Whites are much stronger than people think, but are not often seen for their strengths because they don't easily reveal their feelings. That's very true. Whites are even-tempered, diplomatic and the voice of reason but can also be indecisive unexpressive and slightly stubborn very true when you deal with a white be kind accept and support their individuality and look for nonverbal clues to understand their feelings thinking of our past years being friends that was like really super true not saying that it's not true now by any means 
But what I have noticed about you is, like, that, like, I would forget sometimes, like, oh, Kaylee has an opinion. Like, yeah. Kaylee, like, feels some type of way. Yeah. I feel like now, like, sometimes when you talk about something that you are, like, passionate about, I don't know, I just, like, love listening because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, in the past you never, like, I didn't know anything about your, like, political or yeah. just, like, any type of those views and that's definitely, like, one thing, like, you've come kind of come into and it could be with the whole type six, it's, like, it takes a while for you to, like, open up trust or whatever mm-hmm. and, like, find your own views, but... I feel like I never really gave myself a voice. Like, mm-hmm. I almost feel like, oh, like, this is my opinion. Why does anybody else yeah, need no to know? Yeah, no one needs to know. Like, this is how I feel. I don't need anyone to validate the way I'm feeling. Whereas, now, I'm not necessarily wanting people to validate me. I'm, but maybe if I say something and it makes someone else think of something in a different way, mm-hmm. that could help them. So, like... Why am I not? Why am I keeping all my opinions to myself when everyone else is expressing their opinions? Yeah. I think it's always been true, and it still is. I think it's true in almost, like, different ways. It used to be you just didn't say anything, but now it's, like, you don't really speak up about some different things, but, like, the things that you're truly passionate about. Like, if you don't have, like, a passion for it or, like, feels really strongly, you still probably won't, like, won't say anything. But when you do or like someone asks for your opinion like you'll you're a little more willing to give it that really does describe you we're both really stubborn it's the taurus in us yeah it is so my color was blue so about the blue um their personal code of ethics is remarkably strong and they expect others to live honest committed lives as well and i was talking to my dad about this the other day like i i'm a rule follower to the day i die Like, I want someone giving me rules and telling me what to do, so I have... Which is interesting, because a lot of people don't like, like... I know. Like, if I have a rule, I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way to break it, but if I can do something without rules, then what? Yeah, like, you want to be a self-starter so you can make your own rules, whereas I... You need to be structured. Oh my gosh, yes. I need... Like, if I were to start a job, I want you to give me the exact things you're expecting and exact rules to follow, so I know that I am always doing like the right thing I guess and like pleasing everyone else and getting it accomplished um they enjoy sharing meaningful moments in conversation as well as paying close attention to special life events like birthdays and anniversaries blues are dependable thoughtful and analytical but but can also be self-righteous worry prone and moody they never let go of something or someone once they are committed when you deal with the blue, be sincere and make a genuine effort to understand and appreciate them. I relate to most of the things in it. I think some of them are kind of more of when I'm in a, like, for the Enneagram when you're in, like, the worst. Mm-hmm. So I think some of those things, like, I do fall back on when I'm not necessarily happy. But what really got me about this is the, for a better relationship with the blue, um, or, like, for the oh. better relationship with the color. Yeah. So, do you want to read those? Because those are what I related to the most. Okay, let's do the you must first. So yeah, 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 for a white, you must be patient and kind, provide structure, accept my individual individuality, allow alone time, and be logical and open. Which I think is kind of, I don't know, I feel like a lot of, not just females, but mostly females our age or even in high school we we knew some of them that couldn't be alone but it's just like if I was with someone 
all day every day and it didn't even have to be the same person if i was just not alone for let's say like four or five days straight i would go insane i need to be able to be by myself for at least a a short amount yeah just re-energize refuel yourself it's like charging your battery and that's what like we're introverts so Mm -hmm. we get a lot of our energy from being alone or in small groups whereas extroverts they need to be in large groups to to be amped up yeah um mine it says you must take a sincere approach appreciate me be loyal and allow time for me to collect my thoughts so i'm i'm very slow to get mad at something but I'm also, like, slow to forgive, so, like, I need that time to just, like, think about, like, every information, like, every piece of information that was presented to me before, because I'm slow to make an opinion, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't jump to conclusions and assume and make an opinion on one thing. I, like, I need that evidence. I need multiple sources, and so just, like, allowing me to have that time to, like, think about it. For a white... You must not be cruel or insensitive. Demand conformity. Demand leadership. Force con- confrontation. Expect graciousness. Wait, do not expect or no, accept? Ex- expect graciousness. Okay, 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 okay. I hate forced confrontation. If you're making a problem out of nothing, why? Don't make a problem when there doesn't need to be a problem. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. And then also one of the ones that stuck out to me is don't demand leadership. I hate. I'm not hate. If I'm, like, passionate about something, then, yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, I want this done a certain way. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll help you through it. But if I don't always want to be the leader of everybody. You know, sometimes I like being a follower. Yeah. But if, you, if you're telling me, like, like, let's say in class there's always a group leader, I'm always the first one to say, I'm not the group leader. <laughs> that ain't me. <laughs> okay somebody else no i think we're the same in that way i'm like give me a step-by-step process and i will do it 100 percent and give it my all yeah but you want me to come up with that process and give instructions to you ha funny for a blue you must not be rude or abrupt expect spontaneity other in other words let me think (laughs) let me think it through every possible case scenario um you must not expect me to forgive quickly, and you must not make me feel guilty, which that one I think I relate to the most. It's like, don't make me feel guilty for feeling a certain way. Don't make yeah. me feel guilty for, like, bettering myself almost or doing what pleases me. Mm-hmm. It's like, support me, basically. Don't yeah. make me feel guilty for how I live my life. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these... I mean, the two tests we did do, they kind of basically told us the same things. So, I don't know. I feel like if you, not if you're, like, confused about who you are, but if you kind of want to understand yourself a little bit better, maybe think about taking the Enneagram test because, I I don't know, I just feel like it makes me understand almost why I feel the way I feel when I'm in a negative space. Yeah, well... Because I think a lot of us know ourselves, but we don't necessarily know how to 
deal with certain emotions. We don't necessarily know what triggers us to feel those emotions. Mm -hmm. And so with the Enneagram, like I've always known that I've hated conflict. Like this was nothing groundbreaking, astonishingly new, but I didn't necessarily know that when I'm being passive aggressive, it might not be because I'm mad at that person. It might be because I'm dealing with something else. Yeah. And like, I think the relationship, all those points that we've talked on with both the Enneagram and the color of, I think one of the biggest things that people struggle with in life or in any relationship, friendship, significant other, whatever it is, is asking for their needs to be met. Yeah. And you don't always know like exactly what your needs are. Like, you might just feel like, you might know that you're unhappy, but you don't know what isn't being fulfilled. And I think that that's why some of these tests are so important for, like, you to know yourself. And so you can give a clue to the people that you love in your life. It's like, when you say this, or when you don't give me time to do this, or whatever, that causes problems. Whereas you could say, like, you don't have to blame them, be like, oh, you're doing all of this wrong. But you could say, hey, instead of this maybe phrase it this way or maybe give me a little more validation remember that I'm insecure like those kind of things yeah or even if like let's say your significant other like you guys are having problems make that person take the test and then look through be like oh like maybe I need to be approaching situations with him or her this way yeah exactly like it it doesn't just teach you about yourself but it teaches you about how you communicate yeah and the other people around your life and not everything in this is facts and you shouldn't like change the way you feel or think about yourself just because of what it's saying but it honestly could help you it just opens your eyes to a whole new way of thinking yeah and it for me at least it brought a lot a lot of realizations it was like oh i i don't like when people do that or oh like that does make me feel a lot better and so it's like things that you might know subconsciously but you don't always think of right away when you're dealing with a problem yeah so I would definitely suggest looking into your type your color whatever there are so many books podcasts that talk about all different types these are just our types and kind of our experience uh with doing a little research on the test uh the one that I found the most helpful and you can find pretty much screenshots of a lot of like the most interesting pages on Pinterest but it's called The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery. Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabil? I don't know. We can, I can honestly, yeah, link, I would, I can link the book yeah. in the description. It's just super interesting because it tells you just all about each type. And so maybe you've learned enough about yourself, but you want to learn about the other people in your life and just better your relationships and I think we all have a lot of times on our hands right now, and it could be a cool read just sitting by the pool in the summer. Like, yeah. it's a really easy read as well. It's not super scientific when words you don't understand. Like, it's very straightforward. Yeah. So, that's the end of the episode. Um, if you want to follow us, we have an Instagram. It's just at Simply Marie Podcast. And then my personal interest, Instagram. Instagram is Kaylee underscore pretty. And mine is Alexis Rems. Yeah. And if you like our episodes, make sure to download them and leave a rating and review 
preferably five stars. <laughs> but yeah, it just helps get our name out there because the more interaction we have with our podcast, the more it will be suggested, suggested others. to others. So if you like us, help us out. <laughs> Thanks. We'll talk to you next Friday. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for tuning in and hearing what we have to say. Bye. Bye. Bye.